always get surprised wherever we were. And uh, <laughs> I wanted to share something that happened at this event where I was in, in North Carolina. We were doing a retreat there. Not I wasn't. It wasn't a retreat with me. I was one of many speakers. Yeah. And so I did my little shtick. It was just what, two o'clock on Saturday. It was like a three-day event. And when we were in there, when I was in there, I noticed before, because that was one of the first ones I ever did when the website came out, like five years ago, I was injured. I was uh, asked to come to that, that uh, talk. And I saw something. I saw that disease of spiritual seeking, in a way, where people, it's, and the thing is, it's a tricky situation because no one's going to sit next to you at a satsang and says, I think you've had enough. You know what I mean? Let's go. Let's drop the DVD. Don't sign up for the next retreat. Let's just go. Come on, stop. You know what I mean? No, it's not going to happen. There's no 28-day program. There's no intervention. Yeah, but I could see the illness in, a, in it, in a sense. And so this man stood up and was sharing with me as if it was a neutered topic, as if he wasn't there. He says, well, can you can you talk more about, or can you explain more about what you mean by this spiritual seeking? I was going, voila, <laughs> we're right in the midst of it right now. <laughs> Everyone's, everyone wants to be here to get it. They want to be there to get it. That's the dilemma. If you want to be here to get it, that's not going to come to pass. People want to have an experience of their own absence. They want to be a non-self as a self. <laughs> you don't see the futility of that? <laughs> they hear about non-self, and now they want to be a non-self as a self. <laughs> they want to be there to experience the advantage of not being there. <laughs> And on and on it will go. Yeah. Once the thing is, this idea this idea is a simple, really a simple a very simple idea, and that is you cannot get out of what you're not in. Yeah? You cannot solve an imaginary problem. You cannot get out of a bondage. Yeah? To be free, that will only lead to another bondage. Usually by the, the apparatus or the practice that brought about the seeming freedom. Yeah? The solution is prior to the idea of being bound. The solution is prior. Yeah? Prior, not after. If it's after, it's going to be part of a dualistic construct. Yeah? You'll feel like you're free, and then you'll feel like you're bound. It'll happen all day. You'll feel like you're free from the obsession with self at 11 in the morning, and at 11.04, you'll feel like you're bound to the obsession with self. And then maybe 12.15, oh, I had a five minutes of being free from the obsession with self, only to be having being bound by the obsession with self. Yes? But the whole point is, you're in a sense, in a wealth, there's a definition of you as a self in both experiences. You're either a self that's bound or you're a self that's free. That's the bondage point. Yeah? It's not you want to get only into the freedom and stay away from the bonding. It's an impossibility. This is a dualistic construct. It's like the, it's like the wings of a butterfly. They, they match each other perfectly. 
but they open up and they're two wings, yeah? But they're the same, they're the same pattern, like that. So what you think is freedom, in a, in a sense, it can be, can be used as a form of bondage by the mind, yeah? And what is called bondage could be... See, for me, the freedom is before any idea, not after the idea, yeah? The freedom from self is that I have never been in self. Therefore, I don't need to get out of self. That's being out of self. Yeah? Being out of self is the realization you are never in it. Yeah? If not, then it's going to be self attempting to get out of self. The mental process of selfing will objectify the idea of being a self as if it's not you, yeah? but not in a very clear, uh, freeing way. It'll be not you see, being seen as what you think you are. Yeah? So the self will now, oh, I recognize this is what's driving me crazy. It's this idea of self. But what's recognizing it is the idea of self. Yeah? So now self wants to get out of self, which is an impossibility. Why does it always fail? Because you've missed the most important point. There's no possible way you can be in self. Yeah? The highest level it can reach is a, a seemingly so. It's going to appear to be true or false to you. Like in recovery, we use an acronym for fear, false evidence is appearing real. It doesn't say false evidence is real because it's impossible. But false evidence is appearing real. Now, who or what is it appearing real to? If something has a feeling of really being real, where is it getting that feeling from? If it's, not, if it's false, how could it conjure up a quote-unquote real feeling? It must be giving the meaning of being real from what is real. Yeah? You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. A very, very big principle of the Course in Miracles. Lesson two. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. Yeah? So when something today seems to be a problem, it's seeming to be a problem today when I'm in a bad shape. The next day I'm in good shape, it doesn't seem to be a problem. The next day I'm in bad shape, it seems to be a problem. What is it? Is it a problem or isn't it a problem? It's neither. Yeah? We give it every, all the meaning it has based on our condition. Just like they say in physics, the biggest influence of any experiment is the observer of it. So in physics they say if the, if the research team is looking for light to appear as a particle, it does. If the research team's agenda is to find light as appearing as a wave, it does. Yeah? In other words, the light dances to your tune. Yeah. To your tune. The light, if there's, if there's, if the mind's looking for light to be as a particle, voila, it finds it as a particle. If it, if it wants to see it as a wave, voila, it sees it as a wave. Don't you see what's giving it the meaning? So if something can feel so real to you, where is it getting that reality from? I would say you and I are the reality, and we're lending that reality to things. Yeah. And how do we lend reality to things? By becoming or acting as if we're identified as a thing. That's the distribution center. When there's an identification as this, as being real, then everything else that's appearing seems to be real. Yeah. It's like being, if you were in a very small area and there was a tiger in the area... Or you knew some of the qualities of a tiger that it could rip your throat off, and it's very, very whimsical. It could do it at any time. You could look like it's nice to you and then just chew your arm off in an hour. 
So there you're in that space and you're trying to feel a little comfort, comfortable, but obviously you're in a very high level of angst. So you're reading books about how to cohabitate with a lion in a small space and this and that, and you're, th you're doing tons of affirmations. Tiger won't bite me, tiger won't bite me, tiger, you know, on and on and on and on we go. But the fact is, what would happen if you woke up? Would that dream tiger have the ability to affect you anymore? Would it? Would a dream tiger have an ability to affect you? No. But while you're the dreamt object, it has the ability to affect you. Yeah? You're giving it all the meaning it has. And how that meaning is being distributed, mine is distributing that meaning through the identification as this. So this, this being real begets everything else being real. But in fact, what's happening here can only reach a level of seemingly so. If you look at the word definition, seemingly means it appears to be true or false to you. That's this whole story. That's what's going on here. Everything is either appearing to be true or false to you. And what all its appearances rest on is you. Yeah. So Paul, are you saying that you are not real? Your body is not real? It isn't real. It is not real. It isn't real. <laughs> you you hear it as not real. I say it isn't real. <laughs> so what is it that so is this a dream? And how can how can one see this as a dream when one if one is not awake? And we can hold us questions after this. Oh, and I don't care. No, we'll answer this one. I don't care if you agree or disagree, but can you, if you can do it silently, it would be great, until questions, yeah? So in The Course in Miracles, it has a lovely statement. It says, you and I are the dreamer of the dream, yeah? Now, we're dreaming this dream, and we forgot that we're the dreamer of the dream, and in that forgetfulness, we've given everything we dreamt the power to affect us. That's what's going on all day, yeah? When the dreamer of the dream forgets it's the dreamer, it takes itself to be what? A dreamt object. Voila. Yeah? It takes, it takes itself to be the dreamt object. And in that forgetfulness of its own nature, it, it takes on the uh, qualities of this false nature. And then other false natures can affect me. Hugely in this life. Yeah? You and I are the dreamer of the dream. We're for, we forget that we're dreaming the dream. And in that forgetfulness, we've given every three, everything we dreamt the power to affect us. That's basically the daily uh, description of what's going on here. Yes? So what's real is what, let's say France, St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. So if something can appear so real to you and then not appear real to you, just like a lot of people in recovery, they had an idea of what was the worst event that ever happened to them. Yeah? And maybe they have a lot of excuses and a, a lot of stories about their life based on that as being the worst event. Then they come in recovery and the mind shifts a little bit. And then they announce or they share in a meeting. What I thought was the worst event, I see as the best event. You don't get it? It's such an extreme contrast. It's demonstrating the principle. There is no worse or best. It's what you give it. Yeah? So if something seems so real, where is it being, what is lending its reality to it? Something else that's appearing that only can reach the level of seemingly so? How could you get a real feeling from there? It's getting the reality, the sense of being real from what's real. Yeah? From what's looking right out of our eyes right now. Where else is it getting it? 
How can false evidence, it can't, doesn't say it's, it can be real, it says it, it appears to be real, to what is real. Yeah? Not the body, not the mental processes, but what's looking through this body. Yeah? If you see the eye, people think the eye is seeing, but the eye just facilitates vision. Yes? If I get killed and my face doesn't get smashed up, you could take my eye out, which isn't seeing a damn thing, put it in a live body, and it would facilitate seeing. Yeah? So obviously, it's not the eye that's seeing. Yeah? And so in a sense, what the selfing does, and this is what I call it, it's a mental process. To call it self is giving it too much credit. You already made it a noun and a thing. Yeah? But if you see it as an activity, and that the freedom from it is not freedom like from being handcuffed to something, that's a real thing. Like, if it was freedom, you know, if I was bonded to a chair, let's say I was bonded to a self, the self would rep be represented as a chair, I would be this, and I'd be bonded to the chair by some kind of thing that would facilitate that, let's say handcuffs, yeah? And if someone could pick, up, pick the lock, I would be free from the chair and I could walk away. In recovery, it doesn't say we're bonded to self, it's the bondage of self. The bondage of self is an activity. Yeah? The activity is you are inherently free from the chair, but you're identified as it. And so when you get up, the chair gets up with you. You're walking around like this yeah, where, because you don't need to find a spiritual locksmith. You're not bound to it. It's only appearing to be so. Yeah. It's like we shared yesterday. It's an extreme little example, but let's say I had a big tumor in my side. Yeah. And I didn't realize I could probably take it, get it taken off. I just took it. I took it to be me. It was in the body, and I'm identified as the body. So this big tumor grows out of my side. So first, I got to get all my shirts tailored to, you know, fit around this freaking sh this tumor. And my incredible Italian leather jacket, I got to get tailored. And then I'm looking in chat rooms, and I meet people who have tumors. And I meet a woman, I have a date with her, and her tumor's on the left side, and mine's on the right, so we hit it off really well. And we can sort of Eskimo with the tumors. And, you know, things are really, the tumor's a part of my life. And so someone says, hey, you know, bro, you could just go to the clinic today and get that removed. Yeah? They put you on the local anesthesia, you'd be home in three hours. And you would think that you would run to that solution. But you'll obey, oh, no, no, no. What about all the shirts? What about the girl? What about the leather jacket? You see? The selfing doesn't want to be free. It wants to want to be free. It wants to look like it wants to be free. But it's scared shit of freedom. Yeah. So what happens if, if I'm identified as a self, which is the falling for the, the verbing of the mental process, yeah, called selfing. And all it does is selfing claims whatever it comes in contact with. Yeah? So conscious contact is occurring. Yeah? There's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and you're hearing thoughts. You're engaged with like six events all day, hearing, seeing, feeling, tasting, touching, and thoughts about what you're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Yeah? That's the conscious contact. That's what's going on. Then a mental process appears, and it's, it claims to be the one who's conscious. So it, it puts itself in a position that it doesn't really deserve. It now becomes the alpha and the omega. Yeah? And so now the consciousness is forgotten. You forget the conscious contact, and now the emphasis is on 
I'm the one who's conscious and what I'm conscious of. Yeah? But you don't feel the livingness of life. You're not in the beingness of life. Yeah? The, there's the whole shift has come from the juice, like Lord Buddha would say, when you see, see, when you hear, hear, when you feel, feel, when you taste, taste, when you touch, touch. But that's not what's happening for us. Now, when there's a hearing, if the emphasis is on the hearer and the heard. When there's a seeing, the emphasis is on the seer and the seen. Yeah? When there's a smelling, the emphasis is on the smeller and what was smelt. You know, it was, it's like a heist. Yeah? It happens so fast, we don't see it. But we weren't in that condition when we were babies. The mental process had to grow to develop this invitation of having the mind take itself to be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It started happening around, for most kids, most babies, around 18 months. Yeah? So for a while, all there was was conscious consciousness flooding through this, ap- this possibility, and there was no me and another yet. Yeah? And so when you were a kid, even when you're two and three years old, you're playing, let's say I'm playing today, I'm not worried, will I be playing next week, because time hadn't set up yet. I don't have an idea of next Wednesday yet. Yeah? All this we grew into. It's not natural. We grew into it. Therefore, if we seem to have grown into it, we can also seemingly grow out of it. Yeah? The dilemma with the selfing is, is when you grow into it, what's going to be taken to be you that wants to get out of it is the selfing. That's how it bonds you. It, has, it really wants to get out of the shit, but it's the cause of the shit. So it's like self trying to get out of self. And it constantly fails. Or like a great Zen master said, Huang Po said, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use the light to seek the light. You can't use mind to seek mind. They say in Zen, as a little joke, they say, if you see the Buddha on the street, shoot him. Why would you want to do that? Because what the mind is doing is throwing its own Buddha nature out and putting it on that person. To set up a giant failure. Yeah? Every savior fails you. Every savior fails you because you're not meant to be saved. You're not bound. So this self thing takes the position of being the one who's conscious, yes? And now all the activities that we call being here are now commandeered to do what? To facilitate the mind's bondage to an idea of being a self. So now the thought system is used. No thoughts are are screwing with you. What's allowing the screwing to occur is the my of the thought. It's being the thinker. That's where the bondage is, yeah? The thinker is what allows all this meaning to be given to every damn freaking thought. And that thought is being used to facilitate a bonding or being bound to an idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Same thing with feelings. Feelings arise. The selfing claims to be the feeler. Yeah. So no matter how many feelings you have during the day, there's only one of you that has it. No matter how many thoughts, there's only one of you that's had all those thoughts. No matter how many actions issue forth from this event, you're the one who had every act. You did every action. You know how to see it? So people like... (laughs) So here's a thought. Simple. You write down here. Put down money. Put money up here on a board. 
and you put, let's say, health on a board, and let's say uh, put sex on a board, everyone would initiate some kind of response. Yeah? You, if you didn't have money, money would seem more important. Yeah. Now, all right, and weigh it. Okay, money, health, sex. Now, I'm going to change the weight dramatically by adding one word, my money. Huge topic, eh? My sex. <laughs> my health. You don't see it? Everything you come in contact with in this life, every freaking topic, every event, every thought, every feeling has been commandeered to sort of facilitate the minds being bound to this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah? That's the obscuring factor. That's when the dreaming forgets that it's dreaming, because now it's taken itself to be the dreamt object. And in this position of forgetting that it's the dreaming of this place, and taking itself to be the dreamt object, everything that's been dreamt has the power to affect this now. Yeah? So what happens if everything, if there is no self, yeah, it's just a simple invitation to you know, ask yourself about, maybe, who knows. Let's say if there isn't a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, how can you possibly feel like you're one now? Yeah? If you're not it, how is, it gener- how is there a generation, of, a generation of feeling that supports being it? How does that happen all day? Yeah? Well, here you go. Self, being, self doesn't exist, so it can't generate a sense of presence. But it can use, it can go, it's tricky, it uses the past, yeah? So when you picture yourself in the past, how are you pictured? As a body, yeah? The thought system pictures you as a body. That's how it thinks of you, as a body, as an action figure. So now the mental process goes back to five years ago and thinks about you. The only reason why it can go back there is the mind believes it's you. If someone else came over to your house and complained about five years ago, you, you'd be bored in a minute. Yeah? But, because, but the, same, the same entertaining you, t- you take as incredibly interesting for 40, 50 years. What's, what's the enticement? It isn't the thoughts. It isn't the event. It's, it's about you. It's about you. Yeah? So here, all right, so there's the thought system and it's thinking about me in the past. Yeah? And you're remembering you in the past. But where does the remembering occur? Not in the past. It, you remember you now by remembering you then. Yeah? So now the mind goes to the future. What's going to happen to me? And it, uh, it I, you know, you know what it does. <laughs> you know, tons of events that haven't happened. You now have a, have an effect on you because you think they're going to happen. Yeah, you don't see how much power we are. We have. It's amazing. So, what's happening with all the thoughts about the future in you is you're also being remembered. Yeah? Remembrance is not just in the past. It uses the future to remember you where now. Yeah, that remembering you then and there is what produces the sense of being a you now. If you do something you really love now, the remembering of you gets dismissed, and they're usually your highest peak moments in your life. Like for me, it's surfing. Yeah, 
when I go in, when I'm in the water, there's no remembering of Paul in the past, and there's no remembering of Paul about the future because I'm engaged with the elements, yeah. And in that, it's incredibly. I have a big smile like I've always had when I was a kid every time I walk out of the water, every time, yeah. Because that activity of the mental process gets dismissed. Because there is no sense of self. It's only remembered. And when you were a baby, you didn't have any memory. That's why there was no remembrance of self. There is no self to be, but there is a self that can be remembered. So if you see this, if you can see what's producing this, the thought system is just inferring there's someone there. The feeling, the feeling, and being co-opted is just be is used to infer or imply that there's someone who's the feeler, but you never see it. It's even worse than the fingers pointing at the moon. In this case, there's no moon. What happens is all the pointing, the mind makes the leap into the feeling of being a self. There's no thing else that could produce that fucking feeling other than what's real. Yeah. It sees. Every, every action, every action, there's a feeling that you're the one that did it. Every time, every, every action in that interpretation is being used to point to the actor. Yeah? And that mind now is in the habit, just one little pointing, it goes right into that sense of being a self. Yeah? And then a whole paradigm opens up where everything that it sees can have an incredible effect on it. Yeah. How's, there's no immunity in there. What would happen if you looked at, I may not be that. Like in recovery, we say that self is what you know, defeated us. Yeah. It's a very beautiful statement. It says, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, that self manifested in all these different ways is what has defeated us. Yeah. See, the manifestations is how it does it. But how, you know, that, that's how it does it. Yeah. But how, what gives it the possibility for the defeat? Self and us are not the same. But in identification as self, you're taking yourself to be the parasite. Yeah? The mental process of selfing, you're taking yourself to be the parasite. If you want freedom, you're going to try to be free as that. Yeah? If you have a noble drive to be liberated, you're going to attempt to be liberated as a self. That's another freaking form of bondage. What would happen if you saw it wasn't about you? you would lose interest in all the thought system and the feelings that facilitate that remembrance. You would lose interest because it isn't you. Just like if I'm sitting here and we had this other room and it was closed and it was a very pretty woman I saw before, so I'm thinking maybe I could have a book, you know, a biblical experience with her later and I'm having an idea and she means a whole lot to me. And I haven't even talked to her, but the idea, my mind's glommed on it. So I'm doing the talk here, but my attention is there. Yeah, I'm trying to hear what she's saying, because if she says, hey, I like that guy Paul, that's my in, you know. So I'm done, and people are going, hey, Paul, you're supposed to be at this talk. Why don't you just be here? And I agree, yeah, 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 but my attention, yeah, it's like a herd of cats. I have no control of it. It's going there. It's deemed more important than this event, yeah. What happens? A person comes up and gives me a book. How to lose interest in a conversation in another room. I page through the book, but it doesn't really work. My, my mind is really interested. Suddenly she says, you know, I really like that guy Matt, and my name is Paul. What happens? My interest leaves that room and is immediately back here. 
I don't have to take a three-month class to retrieve it. As soon as I realize it's not about me, I lose interest. That's exactly what happens with the selfing. If you can entertain the possibility it's not you, and it starts dawning on you, as soon as it's held as not you, you'll lose interest in it, and the interest and the attention is the fuel of the selfing. It doesn't have its own battery. It, you're the charger. You're giving all your interest and attention to it because there's a belief it's about you. If that is shifted, your interest and attention will go somewhere else. And where it will go is right here and right now and will enrich your day. Instead of fueling obsession with self, which is all based on there and then, you'll be present because you cannot not be present. This isn't like a noble thing, I finally got into the moment. It's a realization you can't be out of any moment. There's not one moment in your life you've been out of. No matter what you said, if you looked at a surveillance camera, you were there. Every event, at every crime, you were there at the scene. Oh, I was really, I was gone. No, you weren't. You just thought you were. You cannot escape the confines of the moment. It's all there is. But we believe in impossibilities. We think we can get, we, we can be out of the moment, so then we get hooked by this spiritual product called how to get into the moment. And they sold tons of books based on it. How to get into the moment. And then the second edition is how to really get into the moment. And the third edition is how to really, really get into the moment. And you never finish the book, you just throw a couple chapters and you're down to the next edition. The whole thing, the freedom is realize you can't be out of a moment. You can't be out of what you're trying to get in. And the other thing is you can't be in self that you're trying to get out of. It's just like changing the whole thing backwards. And it freaking works. What you're experiencing here now is you're always experiencing being in the moment. But you didn't get there by getting in the moment. You, you were always there, already there, by realizing you can't be out of the moment. You see how it saves you an incredible amount of time? How much time does it take to get out of an imaginary place? How much, how much solutions do you... Do you need a turbocharged solution to solve an imaginary problem? The more application of solution to an imaginary problem, that's the bigger problem. This is doing like it says in the Course in Miracles, I need do nothing. You ever read that chapter? Where it describes people meditating and then contemplating and doing like service actions and it, it, because the mind intends it, freedom will arise. Yeah? But they say if you're reading this book, maybe the book is for you and the book is there to save you time. Because everything, everything worth its salt is going to lead you to a realization and that realization is I, is, I need do nothing. Why not start there? Why not, instead of acquiring so much somethings, which are finally going to add up to nothing, why not just start at nothing and then stay there? Why not? Have faith in mind. It has the ability. All it, that's all there is is mind. You think meditation frees the mind? It's mind's intention to, to appear to be freed by meditation. The meditation doesn't free the mind. The mind's intention is to appear to be free through meditation. 
It appears to be through going to the butcher store when there's a sudden awakening. You can you can have a, it's a better retreat to go to World Mart or whatever it's called Walmart than like a fucking ten day retreat in Costa Rica. Who knows how the mind wants it to appear? But the fact is, when it finally appears here, you realize I needed to do nothing because it's always been so. So maybe if you see what you're not, then you'll find out what you are. Yeah? Because you're never going to be able to know what you are. Because all knowing is going to come from what you are. You can't have an experience of what you are, but it will influence all your experiences. You are that. The eye can't turn around and see itself. What's seen cannot be seen. What's conceiving cannot be conceived of. What's hearing cannot be heard. That's mind. And then there's mind and manifestation. That's what's happening here. Yeah. Manifestation is energy. That's the, that's the energy of mind. That's what, that's what provides this movement called manifestation. It's the act of being going on. Yeah? Would you imagine? What would happen is if, if it wasn't about you and you lost interest in that, what do you think would be one of the byproducts? Basically, your thought system, which totally honors the past and the future much more than now, it's only using the now, because this is the only place anything can happen, to think about itself there and then. (laughs) What would happen? Suddenly, with no thought or effort on our parts, an immunity would start to grow from there and then. And there would be a clear recognition it's not happening. What more do you need to do if something's affecting you and having a really bad influence on you when you realize it's not happening? Nothing. The realization of it not happening changes everything. Yeah? There's a seeing of it. There's a seeing every where all there is is what's looking right now. What's happened is it's forgot it's the dreamer. It's taken itself to be a dreamt object, and now it's, it's locked into a form of looking called self-centeredness, yeah? And in that self-centeredness, in, in, in lengths of time, not for infinity, but in lengths of time, it can seemingly forget its own nature here by being identified as this nature. But what's happening, we're trying to find that nature as this nature instead of questioning the veracity of this nature. If it's not you, you don't need to look for you from here. You'll be looking from here from you. You won't be looking from here to find you. You'll be looking from here from you. When the mind opens up like this, like a lens that's been locked. It's not locked, but it seems to be in self-centeredness. So you got a very small thing. Everything's going out and coming in this little thing. Yeah, like a frame and a picture. So whatever the mind meets in selfing, it makes it into something. It basically neuters it. So you hear this message. How many people have heard this message hundreds and hundreds of times when this message is an invitation? Yeah? It's not a dissertation. It's not... It's, it's meant to tickle something, and then that something, which is nothing, when it starts moving, you'll find out what the message implies. Yeah? 
The repetition of the message is just to keep inviting the same thing. This is always going to be an introductory offer. You're the product. You and I are the product. You're going to come here with nothing and hopefully you'll leave with nothing. Nothing is the gift that keeps on giving. That's it. When You may think it's nothing, but if you entertain it, it's freaking everything. And what happened with me... I just, I've watched it over years now. I've been traveling on a stabilized level that I call traveling lighter. That's as simple as that. It doesn't change the geography of my life. If I'm going to get fired, I'll get fired. If I'm going to get ill, I'll get ill. My girlfriend will leave me or I'll meet another one. Who knows? But through all that geography, I'll travel lighter over it. What more do you freaking want? As soon as this dawned on me, all the seeking that I seemed to be so engaged in was dismissed quite quickly because I had, or I was, I didn't have it, I was what I was looking for. Literally. And it also says in The Course in Miracles, it says, what's the biggest deterrence for people entertaining the holy instant, or the biggest impediment? And its answer is, it's your belief you don't deserve it. And all your ideas of preparation is, is echoing that freaking belief that you don't deserve the holy instant as you are right now. Yeah? When you are actually the holy instant. You can't see. The holy instant is being denied by the identification as a self. And in the identification as a self, from that point of view, you're not ready for the holy instant. You've done a lot of bad things. Yeah? You need more purification. Yeah? You're basically given the higher power, what do you call mind the finger, basically. It's like you're playing God with the idea of God. Read the, if you're into the Course in Miracles, read it. Read the Sum of the Statesman, it says. It says, okay, we're going to dream ourselves out. We're the dreaming of this place. And know what we're going to do? We're going to dream ourselves out of this dream. That's what's happening in time. Yeah, The mind is dreaming itself out of the dream that it's having. And what's going to occur is, as you're dreaming yourself out of the dream, as we're dreaming ourselves out of the dream, the dream's going to get happier. What a beautiful freaking statement. That power has no requirement. All the requirements on our side, it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. You are it. But one aha, one but... One, oh, I don't, it, that's it, it makes heaven and hell, just like that. Yeah. Watch, look at peace. Peace has a very nice meaning for most people. But when it's claimed by selfing, what is it used for? It's used to stir the pot, isn't it? It actually produces agitation. Your entertaining peace produces agitation because you're constantly in the recognition, I'm not in peace. And if you find yourself in peace, you're afraid it won't be there tomorrow. That isn't peace. All that is is agitation. And like a great Zen statement used to say, you can't use agitation to find stillness. That would be agitation. You can't use selfing to find the truth. You have to see the truth of the selfing. It's not you. 
It just infers and points and assumes and insinuates, but it cannot make a you. It can only point. The mind makes the leap. And therefore the mind, if it doesn't make the leap, what is it going to see? It's freaking original face here. It's going to sense what it calls an experience called a pause. It'll sense that pause, that presence is what I am. Yeah? Getting very serious in here. All right. So, how many flies does it take to screw in a light bulb? Three. Three? No. Two. But how did they get in there? <laughs> See the mind paused. That's it. See the mind? It paused. See it? Because you're thinking it was about screwing the light bulb, but it was screwing in the light bulb. <laughs> the mind got, it was like a wrench. I could see it on all the, a lot of the faces. That's it. That thing that paused, that thing that stopped, what was there when that stopped? Nothing. Yeah, but that's what you are. You are that nothing. He was right, by the way. Could have been three. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a more fun light bulb, for sure. <laughs> There's another one that's pretty good. A guy and a girl going out. I Could hope I didn't use three? it. What? Could we explain three? <laughs> well, we'll use the French term, menage a trois, for the flies, yes. <laughs> it was a French light bulb. That's what he meant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did he? Oh, you didn't. Oh, I had to use it. I had to get to the two. All right, so there's a woman. Going out with a guy, and they're having one of those volatile, tempestuous, you know, rent relationships. So finally, she decides she can't see him anymore. So she visits him at the apartment, and he's, she's telling her, "I'm leaving," and he says, "I'm coming with you." Don't take yourself so seriously. <laughs> 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 Didn't you laugh like crazy? I laughed. I used to go to these three-day intensives. And when they were describing the house I thought I lived in, you know, as a structure of mine, it was just, I just laughed like crazy. It was so hilarious, yeah? It was so hilarious. <laughs> this what happens this way. You see, you see all those mental and emotional and physical houses you move into here in Manifestation. You're in the blueprint room. And it's a lot easier. If, if, the, if it manifests, then you've got a mortgage. Then you're paying rent. Then it's going to be difficult to get out of the house. But when you realize you were never in it, 
That's the experience of being out of it. Yeah? You see things in the blueprint room. You don't, you're not on a consequential level anymore. You're not on a consequential level. You're not in the hallway of shit and fans and realizing you're in the hallway of shit and fans when the shit hits you in the face. Yeah? Now, you're sort of there. You can see the shit align with the fan, see what turns the fan on, and you don't go, what's going on? Because you, you have an understanding of what's going on. And in fact, it's not going on. Yeah? It's not going on. And it's not about you. What, when it's about you, that's what causes you to lean into it. Yeah? If it's not you, if it's not you, you walk away and you never even look back. When the sirens of Ulysses start singing, I want to be there to get it, you don't even pay attention. You're freed. You're freed from the need to be liberated, which is unbelievable. You're freed from the need to be liberated. You're freed from the bondage of self. It's an activity. Yeah? I heard this at a meeting not like this. The person was a lot nicer, I think, than I am. But... uh very, you know, the loving gaze and everything. I'm not into the loving gaze much. <laughs> I'm really not. So, but they were nice people, and I, and it didn't matter how it was being said because my mind was ready, you know. So I heard it, and it hit me like an unspoken yes, like I knew <coughs> before knowing, you know. It was really cool. And so then I just entertained what was on offer. I went to a few more meetings, read a couple books, not not more than two books books maybe <laughs> and I got I got the information that was more than enough and I just entertained it and what happened is I saw it as a foreign installment you know the self thing almost like a parasitical mental movement and as soon as I saw it as that it, the bondage to it was broken because I saw it as different than me yeah and then the next thing the next immediate thing my mind entertained was I can be free of it where before, for years, I was trying to be free as it. The identification, I took it to be me, and I was trying to be free as that. As soon as I saw it as not me, I entertained the freedom that was already inherently in place. It's a freedom from. Yeah? Freedom from the bondage of self. And the bondage can never be so, but it can appear to be so to you. And therefore, it can appear not to be so to you. As simple as that. Yeah? Your bondage is your bondage. Your bondage is yours. Yeah? You're into it. You're in it. The mind is complicit. It's not something that's happening to the mind. The mind is engaged in this. Yeah? It's giving meaning to things. And when it becomes identified as this, now this distributes all the meaning to every other thing. Yeah? And then you live an interpretation, not based on now, but based on there and then. Your thought system doesn't spend any time honoring this. It uses this moment to think about you, yesterday and tomorrow. Yeah? How are you doing? When, when you don't feel good on Saturday, it's usually very rarely produced by Saturday. It was produced by Tuesday and maybe 2015. Yeah? See it. And look at your own theme. If you're having a good time, when do you start getting antsy about it? When do you start thinking, people are going to see I'm a fraud, I don't deserve this, or I haven't, I'm not good enough to get this. Yeah? But the same mind, if it's having a bad day, says it's going to last forever. Do you want that to be the theme setter for your life? 
All you need is one example. You'll see the whole character of the parasite. It doesn't change. A snake, no matter how well you treat it, is still going to bite you, inevitably. Yeah? And a parasite doesn't have a life, so it's taking this possibility to have one through you. Yeah? Over the bridge of my. There's a huge difference between a thought and my thought. A huge difference between a feeling and my feeling. The difference is you can see life is happening or you can see as life is happening to me. It's a hugely different event every day. Life is happening. It's pretty cool. Life's happening to you. You've got tons of opinions about it. You don't see it? You don't see that there's a, there's a claiming which initiates all these mental Petri dishes. There are all these things, all the manifestations of self and how it defeats us growing. Yeah? People think fear is the source. The cause, but in recovery they go, no, fear is not the cause, it's self-reliance's cause. And the deepest level of reliance, I would say, would be identification as. You can't be more reliant on self than to be identified as it, yeah? And it says it's a failed system, and what's a failed system going to do? It's going to fail. Why do you have so many excuses and rationalizations and blame? It's just that they're just effects of a failed system, yeah? If I delivered furniture and every time I was meant to deliver a couch, I got it there on time, in pristine condition, no problems, would I need any excuses and rationalizations and blame to explain why I didn't deliver the goods? No. Yeah? But this is what the thought system's constantly offering up because it doesn't deliver the goods. It's not producing happiness, joy, and freedom. It's pissing all over it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when we're in the middle of something that feels really heavy and really mean and, you know, identifying with that, is the thing to do just to say these are just thoughts, but they're not my thoughts, or I don't have to... I mean, what's the sort of immediate, um, you know, practice, you might say? To well, just ask thought? who it is that's in it. Ask we'll get who it is that's in it. Yeah, ask a subjective question. Ask who it is that's feeling that's so bad. If it isn't you, you'll lose interest in that feeling so bad. Seriously. The why the feeling so bad has such a bad feeling is it's you. <laughs> I, I guess what I'm asking is, so you ask who it is, but it feels like, well, it's me. Well, you know, ask so that. Who's that me? It. Ask it again. Turn the light this way, and let's see what happens, Yeah. So you ask it again. Yeah, just ask it again and see what comes up. The whole dilemma that's seemingly going on is resting on the you it's going on too, I'm telling you. That's where all the meaning of that event of feeling really bad is coming from. Not from outside, but from you. Yeah? An inability to accept that this is happening to me. Yeah? Which I can easily accept if it was happening to you. <laughs> but I can't accept it if it's happening to me. The biggest influence is the observer. The biggest meaning is the meaning giver. Yeah? And one take and I'm telling you, the sense of you has the biggest meaning of all. It's bigger than God. Being me is bigger than God in selfing. Selfing is playing God. Yeah? So when it's having a bad day, a lot of that sense of a bad day is based on it's the one who's having it. I've seen it by its absence. I've seen the relief by its absence. Yeah? That's how you know the problem. You know the problem from the solution. 
You really know it there. And from the solution's point of view, it's an imaginary problem. It can seem to be really so, but it can never get over the hump and be so. Yeah. Because you are so. That's why. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I had a, a bunch of, a few statements and a couple questions. And uh, Well, first of all, so I am in this room right now, right? I mean, we are all sitting here listening to this because I got, like, kind of dizzy. I don't know if I heard you differently than the people that have their eyes closed right now, but I, I <laughs> out because, because um, you know, it's like, uh, like I'm a recovering alcoholic and a yeah. recovering addict. I had no idea what this was supposed to be. I thought this was going to be, like, your biography, autobiography. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea who yeah, you yeah, were yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, but um, a lot of what you were talking about sounded like times that I've taken psychedelics, like taking mushrooms and stuff like that, and thought something was supposed to be something, but then you, you sound like you're contradicting what you're saying. Like, it's this abstract, gonna be this, but then it comes around like a boomerang, and it's not that. So you keep using a word, and then you just say that it's not the word. Yeah. But you also use the word parasite, which sounds like what uh, like the Four Agreements talks about. And you use a lot of different types of language, like the power of now and like the moment and Zen and, and like. But it's not that. But it's. I'm trying to. I'm trying to pinpoint where you're at. But you're like all over the map. You're like going. <laughs> you keep. You're like on a sliding scale. You keep going from one point, and then you talk about recovery. So do you not believe in AA? Or are you like against AA? Or no, I'm, really in, I'm in. That. I'm in recovery. All right. I didn't know years. if you were like. Uh, you know, like I don't know. Like, like you're starting to like come up with your own religion slash philosophy <laughs> or something. You better shoot me then. Are we, are we supposed to be here to sign up for like a religion or something? Oh no 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 no! This is just an invitation. I'm not trying to be condescending. I'm really no, no. Just, just trying to figure out. No no, I, that's the beauty of it. It'd be better if you don't try to figure it out. Dude. Just let it wash over sure. you. And take what you want and leave the rest of the way. Oh, I'm listening the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's more of an energetic thing. The words are just a crude vehicle, but what happens is we're in this group, and if you know the recovery, there's a tradition, tradition two, and it says uh, a loving God is expressing itself through our group conscience. So let's, let's call it a loving mind is expressing itself right now in this group conscience. That's what really the message is, to get a little fed by that, yeah? And you don't have to think you're getting it or not. You've already been served the spiritual subpoena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course, I'm basically just fucking with mine. <laughs> I am. Try to get paid for that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. There's some benefits, but there's other stuff that happens. Can help You'll be, you may be fucked with quite a lot. <laughs> In other levels. <laughs> but, yeah, bro, just relax. Don't, the figuring out is the booby prize. Yeah? Yeah. That's the drive to want to know. This is really about finding out, which is different. Yeah. But it's a much more convincing form of knowledge. Yeah. So in Zen, they have a, the highest level of mind is I don't know. So you're in a state of I don't know, and therefore you're relegated to do what? To find out. And that's what happens. And that's where certainty comes from. See, someone can give the, let's say, the principal idea of alcoholism, but when someone's convinced, it's that when they get to a point of believing with certainty, they've probably been through the hell of a, a pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization, yes? So they find out how fucking bad it can be by having it be that freaking bad, yeah? That's a much more convincing knowledge to study it like it's a, a disease, but you're, you're separate from it, you know what I mean? This is what this is like. For me, 
when I started to entertain this, something came over me as like, not me, but I started to sense a presence that wasn't being sensed before. Yeah? And then that presence, over time, I realized there wasn't a me sensing the presence, that I am the presence. Yeah? Yeah. That was a big, huge difference. Just like in service, we do service in recovery or any life, way of life. And we do service, and what happens with service is, Hopefully, it will take you out of self. Yeah? You'll forget yourself and gain interest in the person you're helping. Yeah? And what happens is when you get out of self, you feel available, let's say, to that person. For me, you feel bigger, you feel lighter. You know, you get relieved of the heaviness of the idea of being a self just by helping another alcoholic or a drug addict or anybody yeah, at a soup kitchen. And then what happens in the availability, you're finally located where you are, you usually sense a presence. Now, we give it the name of a higher power, but you sense something when you're available. Yeah? When you're up the ass of self, you don't seem to sense it. Yeah? So you do service to come out of the sense of self, and in that coming out, the availability becomes obvious, yeah? and in that availability, you sense a presence. Now, what would happen if, when the sense of presence occurs, maybe, just maybe, you entertain that you're the presence? That's being sensed. You're not the idea, the mental idea that there's a there's a someone that's sensing the presence, but the sense of the presence is what I am. Yeah, the idea of I'm the one who's sensing it is the story. The sense of presence isn't a story. The sense of presence doesn't have to be defined by an experience that the, the false you is having. It can actually be what you are. When that starts to dawn on you, then you're available all the time, because that's what presence is. It's present, yeah? Now you're available all the time, and then in that availability, you're of service. Not just when you're doing something that's formal service, like going to the soup kitchen. You're open to be of service all the time. Why? Because you're available, yeah? And why is that being so obvious? Is because there's the sense of presence. And that sense of presence hasn't been translate into an experience, though rather infrequent, that I'm having, but that's what I am. Yeah? And while I'm that, there's a mental story going on that I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity that's really up the ass of self, has got to do something to get relief. Before it was shooting drugs and drinking, now I've been, I'm in recovery, now I'm doing service. But they both have the same freaking methodology, trying to get out of self. Yeah? One works a little better and less consequences. But the fact is, they're all different forms of trying to get out of self, all based on the idea that you're in self. This idea is prior to the idea of being in self. Yeah? And what it does is, it's not a path to illumination, what we're sharing here. Most of us have way of lives already. This will illuminate whatever path you're on. That's the beauty of it, because you are the light that's missing in your own freaking life. We're looking for artificial lights and trying to get light in, but we are the light. Yeah, we are. I'm telling you, I've seen them. I've seen it from head to toe. When that's available, then that's the presence you're now resting in. That irritability and restlessness of discontent is shifted over. Now you have an ease and comfort. And I'll tell you, everyone in this room has tons of faith. Tons of faith. You don't need to acquire any more faith. You've just got to look at what vehicle it's put in. If you have faith in the thought system and in the interpretation of this life from self-centeredness, it's going to produce volumes of anxiety out of the imaginary fields of past and future. You're going to be avalanched by worries and concerns 
that have no basis in reality. Yeah? But they'll be your reality. That same faith, if given over to this thing, you move from self-centeredness to centeredness, that faith translates now into an easing comfort into your situation right now and with others in the situation. It's the same faith. It's the vehicle that it's put in. Yeah. If you have faith in the thought system, you're going to have tons of anxiety. Tons of anxiety. And the mental anxiety is going to produce the physiological effects of fear, yet there's nothing to be afraid of. Yet you're going to, it's like being zapped all day. All day. What if? What if? What happened? You're so fucking burnt out. The whole system has been shocked, like a shock therapy by the mental process. You have fear maybe 12, 15 times in your life. Really, the emotional hit of fear where the adrenaline drops in and everything like that. We're producing those, fear, that, those fearful events in our mind all day, day after day. We're like in fucking shock. Yeah? And we're apt to do almost anything to get relief from it. But we want to get relief from it as that which is the source of all the dilemma. That's a form of slavery. All your nobility, all your noble feelings are being fed to that. It's tr- translating it into some bastardization, and now the idea of enlightenment is driving you crazy. Because you, you keep saying, I'm not enlightened. When the whole point of enlightenment is, is cessation of all suffering, you're using the idea of enlightenment to produce suffering. <laughs> it's, like an, it's like enslavement. Yeah? We take whatever we come in contact with, Peace, and it drives us crazy. Yeah? Peace is like, oh, peace, chill out. Just like you see people. Where I live, I live in a very high-end area in Marin County. And so people are buying their fourth house, yeah? Now, the idea of house is to have shelter, which would ease an instinctual drive of, you know, because you're in this body, you need food, clothing, and shelter, yeah? But now, so the, the house represents, like, security and shelter. It should sort of provoke an ease and an and the relaxation, it's totally provoking anxiety. And it's their fourth house. They already have three houses. But the house that's supposed to symbolize chilling out, being at peace, feeling secure, is actually being used to produce the exact opposite effect. Tons of anxiety. Are we going to get the house? you got three others. You know? Play a little. <laughs> yeah? You see? The head, the mental process is taking everything. It will take recovery and turn it into fucking something else. I know people who, the part of recovery now is part of the problem. Every time it gets a little too much, they go into AA for a week or two, and then they're back out again. Yeah? It's now part of the freaking problem. They're not allowed to get their bottom because they rush in AA, get a little relief, and then they're back out. The bottom would be the teacher, and they're not being afforded that. Because they're using the solution to support the problem. This is what the selfing does. Whatever it comes in contact with, nobility, 2,000-year-old scriptures, it will use it to produce a bondage of the mind to an idea of being a self. This is a diagnosis. This isn't conjecture. This isn't a belief I got out of a book. It's been downloaded in me. I read a few books to prime the pump, but what came through the pump wasn't produced by the books. Yeah. This that came from mind. And I lived in the hell. I was an intravenous drug user. I know what it's like to be up fucking ten days like a rabid dog looking around on a carpet for imaginary pieces of coke 
putting lint in a spoon and trying to shoot it up because I thought it could it may have some coke content in it. You know, what? I've seen how far the mind can go in suffering and addiction. What do you mean you came down from mind? What do you mean by that? Spaceship. <laughs> it's like a space, like the mothership. For me, they're like downloads. From the absolute source, whatever. What? Yes. Oh. That's how I. That's what happened with me in recovery. For me, mind is an enemy. Oh no, that's the small M. What happened in recovery for me? You want to hear this? This is my a little bit of my biography. The last place I was at, I went out on St. Patrick's Day, March 17, 1988. I lost the car, my friend's car. I woke up March 20th in a town two hours north of San Francisco. Didn't know how I got there. I was in a trailer with a guy I didn't know. I was I had drunk myself dumb. I, you know, when I came to, I was drunk, yeah, and I couldn't. I was like couldn't put two sentences together in my head. I was drinking a bottle of very high end vodka called Royal Gate vodka, it's like eighty cents a pint. <laughs> Passing it back and forth to this guy. It was a regular day at the office. I had given up all hope of ever getting recovered. Spent two years and three months in programs. Two years in one state. <laughs> All this had given up all hope. Suddenly, I'm passing the bottle back and forth, and I look at this guy. He has a big bulbous nose and varicose veins on his face, and I say to myself, "This guy's a bum," you know. <laughs> <laughs> but lo and behold, I see him looking at me, and it looks like he's looking at me like I'm a bum. <laughs> you know? And that was the moment of clarity. And the, it was just a it was a CNN headline, no story. And it was, I'm screwed. <laughs> now, I've been screwed for quite a while, but it was like news to me. Because the muscle of denial is unbelievable. I had a story going on that I was just this dude, had it all together, just some minor little mishaps were causing me not to reach my level of potential. I was just screwed. <laughs> so what occurred is, something happened. My, that, the selfing stopped for about three or four minutes, which I had no idea it could. Yeah? And yet something continued when it stopped. Yeah. And some downloads occurred. And the download was, it got me up out of the chair, which I had no intention of getting up in, and it took me to a phone booth, and I called the program I was in 10 months before. I'd been on a 10-month run, and I asked them if I could come back, and they had been getting my newsletter, and they said no. They said, you can come back in a month for an interview, but that doesn't mean you're going to get in. So I called a woman, and I asked her if she would help me. And she agreed, and she drove up there. It took an hour and a half. She drove me back and brought me to my first meeting, yeah? And the miracle really happened when I was asleep at her house. I woke up the next morning, and that rabid drive to escape had diminished a little bit. And I had some wisdom come down, and I said, I better call up this AA, because I can't wait till 8 o'clock at night. I'm not going to make it, yeah? So I called up, and they told me there was a meeting at 12. I went to that meeting, and I've been going now ever since for 25 years. So I have had a huge demonstration of what mind is like, yeah? I had no, it was a regular day at of office. I was no intention of getting better anymore. I'd given everything up, yet something intervened on the linear story of Paul and wrote a whole new, a whole new chapter, like a whole new book. And I've been running on that same solution for 25 years. And in that basis of that solution, more was revealed. Yeah. Why do you still do recovery? recovery? Through you being in recovery, yes. you come to these kinds of Yes, more was revealed. I saw what the beast is, and it's not you. Why well, you still go about if you're not in recovery, if you are in drugs, this kind of wisdom, so to speak, or whatever, can't be accessed. 
I mean, I've heard you say that. Well, if you're not, if you're not in recovery, if you're not, if you are on. Well, drugs, my experience, it wasn't getting access when right. I was drinking and using. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then, what what you just saying? Why did you still go to the meeting? Because I like the, that tradition too. I feel a loving presence in the room. Why not? I'm just. See, for me now, the it's not a point is, I don't think about going to a meeting, I think about which one. That's the habit. I'm in the habit of going. I actually go more now than I ever did. Yeah. yeah. And then it's beautiful because I sense everyone in this room is a source of energy, if you know it or not. Yeah? Everyone in, in this room is, is, a, is an example or is an expression of mind right now. And... Uh, you, like in a recovery meeting, let's say there's 30 people there, and if you looked at them individually, you'd say maybe 23 of them are assholes, yeah? Let's say that. But in a weird way, when we get together, a sweet perfume is produced. That's the loving presence. Yes? That's why I go to meetings. It's to sense that, because it's like sensing myself. Yeah? In others. Yeah. So yes. the reason why you stay sober is because you accept that you're an alcoholic and a drug addict, right? I would, the only reason why I stay sober is something had that plan. Let's say mind had that plan. That's the only reason why. I have no. I make no effort to stay sober. I have never thought about drinking or using since that day 25 years ago. Has no interest whatsoever in it. Seriously, never had one thought about it ever. No drinking. It was done. It's like explained in page 84. The problem doesn't exist for me anymore. Page 84 of the book, read it, talks about it, you know, the 10th step. The problem, you'll get to a point where the problem will not exist for you anymore. And why, if you want to have that experience stabilized, it's stabilized when the problem doesn't exist as you. Because the real problem is identification as. It's not, you're not obsessed with the self. The mind that's identified as a self reinforces the identification as a self by obsessing about it. That's all it is. That's the disease of alcoholism. Yes. So you're using mind in two different ways. Big M, small M. Big M, yeah. small M. Can you talk a little bit more about about that big M, small M mind? Because I like I like rather have you deal with it. This isn't like no. this is not like a passive spiritual thing. I want irritation to stir your mind up a little too. Uh, Figure well, it out yourself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people yeah. use awareness or consciousness as yeah, big I don't mind. Like those words. You don't yeah. like those words? No, I don't. <laughs> mind is mind. Provokes these, provokes a huge feeling in me. That word, awareness and being, don't do it or consciousness. I guess I want to know if when you're talking about big mind, if you're talking about higher power, you You could call it that, but it's just all there is is mind. Yeah, the higher power is. Let's say, yeah, in recovery, there's such an identification as what you're not that. AA made room for people or minds like that, and they said, all right, you can have a higher power of your own understanding, okay? All right, so it's a really nice thing. But after a t- years of being in AA, what happened is that idea changed for me, and I realized I want a higher power of its own understanding, its own understanding. And so that, that will be revelatory, because I will find out about its own understanding. I don't want to confine it with my understanding. I don't want it to have to fit in my this small little frame of selfing. I want that frame of selfing to be blown up and see what possibilities that will entertain through this experience. Instead of me entertaining the limit to limit that, I'm now entertaining its unlimitedness. Yeah? Let's see what happens. And I've seen unbelievable demonstrations in the tiniest things and in the biggest of things. Where I am thoroughly convinced I would believe beyond certainty. 
Yeah? This is a living truth. It's a living truth. You're the living scripture. It's being played out right now in your seeing at this moment. If you, if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, you'll sense the conscious presence of what's going on in this room. I do every time. Every time I do a talk, I get to enjoy like this incredible spiritual rainfall in a way. Everyone here is wet as hell, and yet we're identified as being dry and we're trying to get wet. Yeah? And, we don't, and every experience of being wet just reinforces the basic state of being dry, and it's a lie. You are inherently drenched. Yeah. So that's what I mean by mind. Yeah. And many millions of other things. I have no idea. I just sit here and things download. Yeah. And I watch, in a sense, I watch the mind entertaining the possibilities that it engenders. Yeah. And they're mind boggling. Talk about an expansion. When this happens, when that, when there's the, the opening of the aperture, it doesn't go like this. And you keep being the one who's getting clearer and more spiritual, this and that. It goes like this. Yeah? And so what was being seen from is now seen. What was taking itself to be behind the camera is seen to be in front of the camera. And it has never been nor will it ever be behind the camera. This is content. What can be perceived is not what's perceiving. Yeah? It goes like this. It's all fun and games as long as it's here. As long as I'm the one who's clear, I'm feeling unity and oneness. And then, oh no! And now you're already, the head, you're in the tiger's mouth. You went too far down its throat. Yeah? Now the gig is over. You've seen you. <laughs> You've seen it. You've seen it as a construction. You've seen it as something that's not so. It doesn't even have any good building qualities. It's all advertisement. Yeah? It's not. You're at square three. When there's a feeling of being you, that feeling of being you is at square three. There's square zero. That's what we are. When you look at a game board from square three, it can look totally different if you saw it from square zero. And what happens is, if there's an awakening at square five, where do you sense yourself? Square zero. If there is awakening at square 45, where do you sense yourself being at? Square zero. If it happens at square 53, where do you actually feel you're at? Square zero. After a while, you realize there's only square zero. All the other squares can only appear to be so to square zero. <laughs> it's the whole game in and of itself. You've never left, and you're never going to arrive. <laughs> I don't care how much you're huff and puff. There's no house to blow down. <laughs> you can live your whole life huffing and puffing. If fucking you can do it for eons, it's not going to change a damn thing. It's like mind, the big M mind is like sky. Yeah? Everything happens in it. Let's say there's 4th of July explosions. It does not rip the sky open. Yeah? Birds fly into the sky. When they take a shit, it doesn't land on the sky. It lands on our cars. Yeah? When it rains, it lands on the earth, not on the sky. Planes are flying through the sky. They never call the terminal and say, hey, I ran into a big chunk of sky up here. Yeah? No. Sky is like mind. 
Mind is allowing everything to appear in it, yet it's not affected by anything that appears in it. Mind is allowing everything to appear in it, yet is not affected by anything that appears in it. Mind allows everything to appear in it, yet is not affected by anything that's appearing in it. What happens if this is a cloud moving through mind? Yeah, But you take it to be you. Now, your focus is only on that cloud. You're not open to see all the sky that surrounds it, and you'll take it to be the sky. If your lens opens up, you'll see it's not a stationary, real figure in a solid place. It's moving, just like everything else is. And it's moving through what? What you are. This is an appearance in what we are. This is not what is appearing. It is an appearance in what we are. Yeah? Like this. Here's this chair. If I move this chair, did I have to get a piece of space that fit looked just like this chair to move it in? And then for a nanosecond, you saw the void? Yeah? yeah? If I move this, would I have to get a big space, call up the construction company? I need about a 5 by 12 foot piece of space because I'm going to remove this, this wall. No. You knock the wall down, there's the space. Did the space just suddenly appear when the wall goes down? Or is the wall appearing in the space? Is the wall appearing in the space, or is the wall take, is, has a real solidity to it that it's pushing space out? And so if you moved it really fast, you would see the void. You'd have to get a big chunk of space in there, yeah? No, it's appearing in it. What's the difference between me, this, and this? This is an appearance in space. I'm not taking up any space whatsoever. All I am is space. Yeah? Mind is appearing as this in space. When this appearance disappears, it will be what it's always been, which is space. Why not entertain a little bit of that possibility now? It'll bring a lightness to your life. And then you'll realize how heavy it seems to have been you'll really be given permission to realize how heavy it has been when it's not heavy anymore. While, as long as it's heavy, you're really never going to get to the extent of it because the mind is going to have denial around it. You never. Just like when I was out there using, I didn't know how screwed I was until the possibility of being unscrewed arrived. Then I realized how screwed I was. Yeah. As long as that didn't arrive, that possibility wasn't in place, I was in a huge denial about how screwed I was. It didn't change anything, but I had no idea what was going on. Yeah? I'm getting feisty now. <laughs> <laughs> yes? Do you have a question about the Yes. Do you ever feel like um, you don't have freedom from bondage? Do you ever feel like that anymore? No. I feel a lot of things, but there's no one there's no one there that feels anything. I don't have freedom from feelings. Yeah? I have freedom from the one who has feelings. Yeah? Feelings occur all the time. The presentation of a life obsessed with self appears not as much as it used to, but there's no one there to to be to play the role. That's the beautiful news. Yeah? Nothing has to change at all. Yeah. 
Did that happen in a second? Or? I have no idea. It's happening now. That's the only second there is for me. It's a constant happening. It wasn't in the event that happened. It's constantly happening. The, pri- the freedom prior to the bondage is constantly happening. Yeah? That's all there is. <laughs> it's, just, it's just having the, the mind can entertain it. It has the possibility. That's why there's a great Zen treatise called Faith Mind. What do you think that implies? Having faith in mind. Yeah? Not in the mental process. Not in mentation. That faith will produce tons of anxiety and, and exquisite suffering. But faith in mind, the big M, yeah? This is what happens. Have faith in mind. Let it, trust it. See what, it, what happens. Entertain a possibility. See how it, how it regurgitates it. It will, will want to, however it regurgitates, it will want to express it. And it's going to express it through you. You're like the hose that the water is going to move through. Yeah? You're, the hose isn't watering the garden, it's the water is. The hose just facilitates it. And while it facilitates it, it gets cleaned by the water. Yeah. To me, that being cleaned by the water is that this starts traveling lighter. When it has the possibility of traveling really freaking heavy. It's a nice shift. Yeah. Uh, but you're still experiencing things like uh, fear or anger or jealousy or things like that, or, and you're stepping back from no, them? No, 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 not so much. I experience fear mm-hmm. when I'm in the water, mm-hmm. and there's big waves, and I'm, it, it's over my uh, pay scale. Yeah. Fear arises in the body. It's afraid it's going to die. I've mm-hmm. almost died in the water a few times. It's like someone said to me when at a meeting, they say, are you afraid of sharks? And I said, not now. Because I was on land. <laughs> That's how appropriate it is. It's not a big, it's not a mystical thing. You know, when I'm in water, who knows? Will fear arise? It may. If I saw a fin, I would imagine that would be the appropriate response. But it doesn't arise to anyone. We're not talking about what arises changes. That doesn't need a change at all. It's the who that it's arising to. That's where the dilemma is. That's where all the meaning comes from. Not from what's arising, but the, what is arising to is the meaning giver. Yeah? That's what shifts. Just like Ramana Maharshi said one statement. He says, you don't have to give up your possessions. Give up the possessor. Yeah? You don't have to give up thoughts. Give up the thinker. And you don't even have to give up the thinker because you're not the thinker. All you have to see is the truth. Yeah? See, are you the thinker? Do they follow your thoughts? Do, do they listen to you, your thoughts? When you when the, you call, do they come back? Yeah? No. Come here, thoughts. Lay down and rest a little while. <laughs> They're like fucking rabbit. They're like the thing is, the mind in selfing, you're like a hamster in the hamster wheel. Yeah? You have to realize the wheels are not motorized. It's the hamster that's providing the energy. The wheel isn't motorized, yeah? <laughs> If the hamster gets out of the cage, the cage isn't moving. <laughs> it's, you see, your role. <laughs> Everyone wants to separate themselves from what's going on. We're totally immersed in this event. We're all there is happening right now. Yeah, We're totally complicit. Mm-hmm. So, But this would have an effect on... You, you would possibly experience less fear, less anger. And so oh, for sure. So yeah, yeah. The system changes, but that's not the point. You just realize you're not the system. Yeah? 
there's a structure or a programming that's going on. It's like this. Let's say a clone is programmed to be a human being. Yeah. There's some good movies out where they do this. So it has a huge story that it's a human being. It has a family. It's not seeing the family, but there's a story. He has a family. He's working on his spaceship or something. And, you know, he's got pictures of the family. And, when he, and he has a picture of having a Red Sox hat on, you know, eight years before. And there's a big story. And it's the basis of how he sort of manages each day. Yeah. And then what happens is he finds himself... And he finds this area where there's thousands of him. You know, they look just like him. And there's a realization that he's a clone. Yeah? But how it's being held or how it's being caught is from the, by the programming of being a person. The programming is so strong, even when the clone hears that it's a clone, it hears it as if it's a person. Yeah? So it gets the realization, but it's neutered already. Because what catches that message, that ball, is the myth of conditioning. It thinks it's the person. And now it's, I'm a clone, but I'm a clone as a person. <laughs> That's a real bit of bad news. As a person, it's a drag to be a clone. Clone can be incredible hallelujah that I'm not neither a clone nor a person, but it's captured by the person. Now, fuck, I'm a clone? That sucks. But So the clone... The clone, with the program of being a person, the message of you're not that gets neutered. Yeah? Gets neutered. That's what's happening all day. You hear the message. You're a lion. You're a lion. You're a lion. Oh, everyone loves some people. Some people don't like the message of being a lion. But let's say some of us do. Oh, yay. I love it. I'm a lion. I'm, yeah, I'm totally in. I'm right with you, bro. I'm a lion. I'm a lion. And then it hits the ears, and the ears are formulated like sheep ears. Yeah? So now this ear, the sheep ear, hears it, and it goes, it turns into, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. So here's the message again. Okay. I'm a lion. Oh, I love it. I'm a lion. I'm a lion. I'm a lion. I'm a lion. The myth of, of identification rises, catches it. I can become like a lion. What happens now? It meets a couple of the sheeps that want to become like a lion. So they get together, and they find pictures of lions. They put them in nice, like, golden, gilded frames, and they put it in a a hollow little hall somewhere in the wherever they are, the sheep, whatever. And now they're going there every Friday night or maybe Saturday mornings and they're, oh, great old lion, I want so much to be like you. And they have candles and they're having roaring lessons, but they all sound like bars. But, oh, you're sounding better, Gerald, you know, this week. And they're straightening their hair so they can have a mane, you know, not the curls. And every, oh, you're doing so great. You're such a noble sheep wanting to become like a lion. The thing is, is the question the sheepness. If you're not a sheep, guess what? You may find out you're a lion. But you're never going to find out you're a lion as a sheep. The sheep is going to take it in and it's going to make it into, you can become like a lion. That's not the message. The message is, Question the sheepness. Don't question how to become like a lion. Question of, are you a sheep? Yeah? That's where the solution lies. It's like a wave in the ocean. Yeah? There's a, there's a part, there's this aspect of ocean that thinks it's a wave. And now it's identified as a wave. And then it gets this curious drive to want to know the ocean. <coughs> so now the wave is studying about the ocean, how deep it is, what swims in it, this and that. And it even has some experiences of the, being the ocean. It jumps in the ocean, as, but as a wave. Yeah? The identification 
is keeping it from the real bonanza. It can only have an experience and have knowledge about the ocean, but it's not the ocean because it's taken itself to be a wave and it wants to know the ocean as a wave. If it's not a wave, what is it going to find out? It's the ocean. How long will it take? No time at all. It will dawn on it. It was What it finds out is, it doesn't find out it's the ocean. It finds out it was never the wave. And then it's the ocean. That's how it goes. It doesn't go, I'm a wave, I'm going to study the ocean, and if I study it, I'll really grok the ocean, and I'll know the ocean, and I'll be akin to the ocean, and be really so super close to the ocean. No, it's, if you're not a wave, you're the ocean. Which way do you want to go? Or which way does it seem like you're going now? Are you objectifying the ocean as something you want to get? Or are you realizing you're not that what wants to get it? Boom. Yeah? The realization comes in the back door, not while you're going looking for it, when you look at what's looking for it. It's a backdoor realization. I could light up, Sam, what is it, Boston? <laughs> Electricity. <Woof. laughs> This is where you may not enjoy. You can get heavy duty. <laughs> it's like 210 watts going through a 110 watt bulb, a light bulb. The body it gets a little bit flipped out. Yeah. This is, uh, I mean, it's great. <laughs> and one of the things I just want to make sure that it, I bring up is uh, the you said earlier a fear, you know, like the. Let's say the one you just the the thing you just said about the sheep. Here's that I could be a lion. You know, puts the time in and everything. The structure, it's the mental process is yeah. there. That's uh, I found that fear holds that for me. And when you said uh, fear is just you know having way too much focus and trust on self on yes. the ability of your intellect. Yeah, to handle things. For sure. I never heard that before. And the way you said it was right on. Well, so look at it this way. We did it last night. Look at an event from two different points of view. Right? A snake, and it's in molting season. Okay? So we're going to look at it first from the skin's point of view. Well, from the skin's point of view, the skin gets its rele- relevance by being on the snake. It's, it's, identif- it's identifying himself as the snake. Yeah? It thinks when it goes, everything ends. Yeah? So what does it do? It jacks into the snake's head, and it's telling the snake to get a lot of moisturizer. Don't go out in the sun. Don't go around those rough rocks. I don't want anything to catch my skin. Yeah? And it's in a lot of fear about a natural sense of a process because it realizes its relevance is based on the snake. It's going to fall off. Yeah? And therefore, it doesn't want that event to occur. It provokes a lot of fear from that point of view. From the snake's point of view, what's going to happen to the snake? It's going to have all new skin. It's going to feel lighter. It's going to travel over rocks much easier. It's like hallelujah time from the snake's point of view. That's it. When the point of view of fear arises, if you can see, is that me? That's behind it. If it isn't you, you'll be able to withstand that little fucking event. And there's the freedom right there. If you align yourself to the fear, there'll be a shutting down. Yeah, that's what happens. It matters what you're identified with. 
at that moment. Because fear is going to be provoked when the identification as what you're not is challenged. It's going to come up. Like they say, the dark night of the soul or whatever thing. Tons of things may happen. Nothing may happen. It could be smooth. It can go any way it does once. But if there's a sense that there's two jockeying positions, one is going to thwart the other one at all costs. It's going to see that's the end when it's actually the beginning. Yeah. If you don't have, if you don't die, everything's going to get great. Really, if you don't die, if you don't listen to that thing, and you don't die physically, everything's going to get a lot, lot brighter. But all you need to do is when it starts running its story, oh no, this is the end, this is the end. If you can have a little abstinence that's available through grace or whatever, and don't don't align your actions with that view, you'll have freedom quite easily. And once it gets broken, the back, the calibration of mind shifts. It's sort of like the stock moves from having 49% to 51, and then it's a done deal. And immunity starts building to all the advertisements by the thought system. Yeah, And now you have a, a very reliable freedom from it. Yeah, then you rest. Yeah. You travel lighter. Yes, you travel lighter. And really, that's, you know, to me, it's like dog shit awareness, really. It's very ordinary. But if you, you have, you know, they had these guys years ago that were really smart. There was millions and millions of transactions. And what they did is they stole like a quarter of a penny out of each one. And after a while, they came out with millions of dollars. And because it looks so small, no one noticed. But when it was put with all the other transactions, it was big. So in a way, all day, there seems to be a possibility of traveling heavier and or lighter. Yeah? What would happen if the possibility was weighed to the lightness? So every moment, instead of the possibility of heaviness, it was the probability of lightness. You don't believe what a godsend that is in time. That every moment, there's a little bit of heaviness skimmed off as an impossibility. Every freaking moment. After you've gone through a few years, you realize that's been the greatest gift of all. Just the skimming off of every second. Yeah? Where you don't even notice. So you can't claim it. You can't make it yours. You can't stick your flagpole in it. It's just like Jesus said. It's like a thief in the night. Yeah? It's already in your house. And then you just, and after a while, you don't, it dawns on you as a clear observation, you're traveling lighter. Yeah? Just like he says, you know, you judge a tree by the fruit. Yeah? A good, bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit, and a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit. You'll know the tree by its fruits. You'll know something's working because it's working. Yeah, and what happens? You just entertain it, and there's no effort on that. You're entertaining right now tons of shit. Now we're just entertaining another possibility. And you know what? Let's say we're giving everything the meaning it has, right? We'll end after this, okay? It may get too much. I could go on now. I'm off. I'm off this now. Yeah, we're giving everything all the meaning it has, right? This is reality. So what's going on? What would happen if? And that's just happening. You're not working. You're not looking at something. I'm giving you a meeting. Hold on. (laughs) It's just happening all day. What would happen? You're going to use a quality of the dream to dream yourself out of this place. Turn that quality that you can make something seem to be so that has no a chance of being so. Could you imagine if you turn that seem to be so to what is so? 
Can you imagine if you match that ability to make things seem to be so to what actually is so? What, what profound possibilities would arise in your own life? You're making shit out of nothing most of the time. Can you imagine if you took that ability and put it into that, which is all and everything? What possibly could be downloaded through you? Find out. Entertain a possibility that you're not that. Instead of entertaining all the possibilities as that, entertain the possibility you're not that, then all bets are off and you'll find out what you are by living. Yeah. You won't need any authority. You'll be your own authority. You may like to read books to verify it or to, you know, feel it again, but you don't need it. You got you it's in your gut. Yeah. That's where it's reliable. Let, let me let me try something here. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. You know, I think I think I would summarize what you're saying is just drop it. And uh, when, and I so I feel I get I get that, and I'm dropping it, and I feel good. But I know, but being a creature of habit, uh, I know there's going to come a time tomorrow or some events will happen and then I'll and then I'll uh, realize that I'm not dropping it uh, you know yeah so the, what uh, so what happens then well I'm gonna tell you I okay. actually saying something a little different I'm saying there was never a you that picked it up well, what about these habits they're just habits there's never it was never a you that picked it up so therefore there was never a you that dropped it because if there's a you that dropped it, there'll be a you to pick it up. You want to cut that whole little dualistic expression out by realizing you never picked it up. So you don't have, you're not afforded the idea of dropping it or not. Exactly. That's the freedom from it. The freedom doesn't come after it. It comes prior. Yeah. So the idea that I picked it up is a freaking crazy idea. Which, when you believe it, leads to dropping it, which will lead to picking it back up. Yeah? Because this is a dualistic dream, and it's, this, it's either this or that. Yeah? It's yes or no, close or far, connected and disconnected. If you en enjoy the sense of being connected, you better get ready to have the sense of being disconnected. <laughs> if, you, if you imbibe in that, you're going to have to drink the other. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what if you're you're still feeling the experience? It doesn't matter. Or... Feelings aren't facts. You didn't. You're not feeling them either. There's no you feeling it. That's the story. There's just feelings. But the feeling of fear is, say, large. And I don't want to say. I, I guess I can't use the word you or affected by it. But it, it's it's happening. And so the people who read the Course in Miracles, there's no degrees in miracles. There's no degrees in illusion. There's no ones that are hard and less hard, right? You know the Course? What do you think they're meaning by it? There's no degrees. It's either illusion, and that's all there is, or there is an illusion. There's no degrees in miracles, and no degrees in anything. There's no degrees in grace. Yeah? If you read the Course, that's what it says. Entertain it. Yeah? So then all the meaning that hardness has, that it's harder than this, 
This is what happens all day at these talks, okay? People are at this meeting and they go, oh, I really enjoy, really, I feel so free at this meeting, but, and this is where the world starts, but now they bring in what's not happening. What's going to happen when Monday comes around? So immediately Monday becomes the biggest influence on Saturday. This is happening all the time. Why not let Saturday and what's happening in Saturday be the biggest influence? Just try it. See what happens. See what you can get out of this without, you know, being leavened by this, that, and that, you know? Really. Oh, I love it. In the, I'm really great at a retreat, but when it's like people who go to, they're working and they want to, they're having a trip planned to Hawaii. So while they're working, they're always thinking about getting to Hawaii. When they arrive at Hawaii, they're always thinking about work. It's so difficult just to align yourself with what's actually happening. If you're if you're identified as the thought system, it's an almost it's an impossibility. You're never going the here that you're thinking you're going to be in is chock full of past and future. It's a mental here. It's not here at all. So you're not going to fit two-ness into oneness. They don't fit. What if it's just a pain that's occurring in the nowness? Take something for it. <laughs> Why does it have more meaning than that? <laughs> if you can't get rid of the pain, have something that entertains your mind to forget it. Watch a movie you like. I bet you you'll forget. Yeah? I had this guy, a great sponsor of recovery in where I live. He got burned, like third degree burns. He was with his kids in the garage and it and the, the lawnmower gas just combusted. So he was in a hospital, and he was in tons of freaking mental and physical, emotional pain. And then this nurse came in and said, hey, I think I have someone that you'd, it would be nice for you to talk. He says, doesn't she understand? I'm fucking suffering here. Leave me alone. And she brought this young kid who may have had alcoholism, and he talked to the kid for a couple hours. And when the kid left, he realized he hadn't felt the pain those few hours. He called the nurse up and he says, get every, any, every alcoholic you can to the hospital. Yeah? Because he was removed. And my experience with talks like this ever since it started to happen, whatever physical condition I was in that seemed to be important or mental or emotional or circumstantial was totally forgotten during the talk. And so if something could seem to be so not so, maybe follow that, that it ain't so. <laughs> If something that seems so important and real can disappear miraculously for an hour, an hour and a half, I would, I would, I would uh, conjecture that maybe it doesn't have a true existence. You know, how many times you've had a story for thirty years and then it's just gone in a nanosecond? If it was a, let's say a thought, a thirty-year story written on a chalkboard, it would have taken time to erase it. But no, it does. It's not so. And when the mind sees it, it's not so completely. It's not like, oh, it was so much of being not so. It's going to take a while to chip it all down. No, it's like it never fucking happened. Because why it never happened? It only happened to you. The you is the biggest influence, not what happens. I'm serious. Put the horse before the cart. Or you're going to be busy pushing a fucking that doesn't have its own engine, the car, or your life. You're going to be traveling quite heavy. Yeah? And you won't be able to see the carts. You, all you see is the car. 
You can't see what's going on, so then you have to assume and speculate what's happening. It's like if we're in this room and suddenly the light went out, it would produce a lot of problems, wouldn't it? If you didn't know where the bathroom was, you wouldn't be able to find it. And then when you got up, you would hit somebody, and you'd have to fucking make an apology, or you'd run into some chair and hurt your knees. So what do we do? We get knee pads. We have a, a proclamation. I'm sorry if I bump into you. It's not intentional. And then some entrepreneur comes in and tries to sell you maps. I once was here when the lights were on. I think the bathroom is here. Five bucks. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. But if you just turn the light switch on, where does the problems go? They're all based on the darkness. Find the exact nature of the seeming wrong. Find the exact nature of the seeming wrong. And the exact nature of the seeming wrong is it's only seemingly so. You are what so. Why would you want what's so to be outshined by what seems to be so when you outshine circumstances and situations? Yes, one more, but I'm, I need, I'm going to need oxygen so too. <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what about things like things that you need to plan for? Yeah, you can plan now. Why not? It's not you oh. doing it anyway. <laughs> so there's no... So I, I guess I was um, I'm grappling with the whole notion of you know I'm here now. Yeah. It's today. It's Saturday. And yet I have things I have to plan for for February, for example. Yeah. So. How but where, I, when, when would that planning happen? No. No. Have to happen now. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, okay. Just so another thing that happens now, planning okay. for a future. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no conflict at all. Yeah. See, if you think you should be a you, that's... See, this is how the you does it. You know, the, the selfing. It now tries to use a conceptual idea of the future. Well, I'll just... If I'm not the do, I'll just lay on the couch all day. No, you won't. You'll be doing exactly what you've been doing all along because you've never been the doer. That's what's going to happen. This is an anchor figure that's been wound up. It has a destiny. It's playing out. Yeah? See, the idea of being the doer is so much that we think if we're not the doer that no doing occurs. There's never been a doer and there's been tons of doing. Yeah? We think if, there, if I'm not the thinker then there should be no thoughts. No, there was thoughts and one of the thoughts is that you're the thinker. That's a thought. A system is producing thoughts, and one of them is that you're the one who's producing the thoughts. That's a thought. Yeah? Yeah, well, check it out. You'll see it. It's available. You'll come to you. It'll come to you. I don't like the ego, the idea of ego, because I think uh, the sense of self is the, is, is the feeling that claims to have an ego. To me, that's the real bonding. It uses the ego to bond it, but the, so it's, a, it's a feeling of being the one who has the ego that. is the real bondage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So everything that is is something before. It's not what what it is. It's before it happens. That's right. We can never get to what it is because you are what it it's is. Before you thought of it, now it happened. It was already happening. Before. Yeah, yeah. I got it. When you thought you're an you're an afterthought. You're an afterthought. Yeah. Want anything? Yeah. <laughs> you got a hearty handshake. <laughs> A shirt. Yeah. I got to sell t-shirts tonight. Don't leave without going into the kitchen, please. So beautiful shirts. 
had to put a plug in because last night I didn't mention it. I didn't sell any shirts. So. Oh. <laughs> yes. And you design your own shirts. All yes, yes. Know Just yeah. entertain the possibility of don't. It doesn't matter. You know, I have a feeling something brought you here and that something probably has a couple more moves for you. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens. You know, coincidence is a way God stays anonymous, as we say. In the <laughs> uh, so like things are things are working out. No yeah, exactly. You're no taking you, the, you hear something, and then I had people swear to God coming. Some guy picked them up, and they brought them to one of my meetings, one of the meetings we had. The guy, yeah. But the fact is, faith in mind is not based on degrees of fucking understanding or practices. Any mind can get it at any time. Yeah? Who would be, who would I, who, who, what would I be to be able to put a requirement on it? Don't you see with the holy instant? The biggest impediment to the experience or the sense of the holy instant is you're believing that you don't deserve it. it. That to me is the act of playing God. Yeah? And so, how does that get veiled that you don't deserve it? The need that you believe to prepare for it. That somehow you're not ready to receive what already is. Somehow you've got to work on yourself to get ready to receive what already is. Yeah? And then who's going to say when you're ready? Who's going to say that you've done enough? Yeah? Who? What's going to inform you? The head. The same head that was talking to me to shoot drugs is the same head that's critiquing the program of AA for me. It's that same thing. It wasn't interrupted by me getting sober. It's the same narration, the same inner dialogue talking. It, it, it's like the elite in society. They're never fucking threatened by any wars. They're always the elite, yeah? All the other people get a lot of shit happen, but certain people never, nothing gets disturbed. Yeah. This is what selfing is like. It can wear any uniform. It can be in robes with patchouli oil and loving gazes, or it can have leather jackets with tats. It, it, it adapts to whatever it comes in contact with. Yeah, It's usually talking as you, and then if you get a little freedom from it, it will be talking to you until it convinces you that it is you again, and then it will talk as you. Yeah, Don't you understand those two-sided conversations you have at times? There's certain there's certain there's a certain relief there. So the head's talking at you, yeah, trying to convince you. And as soon as the convincing occurs, it's talking as you. Totally different ball game, yeah. Yeah, this freedom is available. Feel it now in this room, yeah. This room is lit up. You don't sense the presence now. Yeah. Sense it in. Let it, let it ride over you. This is the manna from heaven. This is sustenance. It's reminding you what you already know. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you.